Kia ora, and welcome to the special edition of NZSA Live. The following content was recorded at our 2018 National Writers Forum. We're releasing it as part of NZSA Connect to help New Zealand authors and writers stay connected during the COVID-19 national lockdown. Today's episode features audio from the panel discussion Getting Hot and Bothered, Writing About Sex and Romance. On the panel was Catherine Robinson, Lani Wintyoung and Steph Green. Welcome. I think this is going to be called the sort of the brown paper bag session where you're going to all pretend that you're just seeing this in a brown paper bag off the top shelf. Um, I'm Catherine Robertson and it's my pleasure to be here with Steph Green, who writes as Stephanie Holmes, and Lani Went Young, who we've all met previous sessions today. Uh, this is called Getting Hot and Bothered and it is about writing sex or love scenes uh, as part of your work and so some people might not feel comfortable in either doing that or you're here to learn what masters of the craft do. Um, I, I just thought when I volunteered to do this session um, I had realised I hadn't written, written a sex scene for about five years and I went back to have a look at them and um, I remember my very first book I had a scene in it and my friend's eight year old mother read it and apparently never quite looked at me the same again <laughs> and uh, yeah looking back over I can kind of see why so we are going to talk I was going to say, I said to these guys that everything we say is going to sound like a double entendre, so just <laughs> stop snickering. Um, so I'm going to let these two introduce themselves, and then we're going to have a chat about various aspects of sex and love and fiction, and then we're going to let you ask questions um, if you are brave enough to do so. So... For those of you who don't know me, I am Kath Robertson. I write fiction. My first three books were romantic comedy in which the sex scenes are. Everything else was a little bit more muted after that. I shut the door. Um, and pass you over to Steph. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, so my name is Steph Green. I write paranormal romance and reverse harem romances under the pen name Stephanie Holmes. Um, I am a USA Today best-selling author. I've published 22 romance books. Um, and uh, what else? Uh, recently, I was, uh, in 2007, I was awarded the Attitude Award for Artistic Achievement. Um, and this year, I was really incredibly honoured to be uh, nominated as a 2018 Woman of Influence. So it kind of shows you that, you know, writing sex and writing romance, like it can be kind of this. Um, you know, it's not just this trashy thing that you don't have to you know, write about. Um, you can do that and kind of achieve a lot as a writer as well. Um, yeah. These are really loud. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Lani. And so when it comes to getting hot and bothered, um, my young adult series, everybody just has very mystical, magical moments that culminate in the earth, you know, exploding and that sort of stuff. Um, and then we, I've, I have a contemporary romance series, uh, the Scarlet Lies series, where uh, people do get very hot and bothered. And then I also have uh, my deep dark secret. I have um, an erotica romance novel, which is not published under my name and never will be. <laughs> um, at least, I mean, I'm even worried about when I die, whether my children will find out that it was me. But yes, so that's the perspective that I'm coming at this topic from, and especially from the perspective of a Samoan woman who's trying to write um, about sensuality and sexuality in positive, exciting ways. Brilliant. Um, well, that's a good way to perhaps look at the first topic because there is a like a vast spectrum of sex and fiction, and I, maybe Steph is the rom you know, you're both romance writers. But um, do you want to give people a bit of an overview on on that spectrum? Yeah, I can do that. Um, can everyone hear me? If I talk like this without the microphone. Yeah, it's just because it's echoing back and it sounds like I'm in a cave and it's, it's quite a little bit scary. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, in romance, um, in the romance genre, um, writers, we usually define books by their heat levels. So I sort of always consider there's kind of four levels. So there's this sweet, clean romance and that's where you don't even, there's not even an implication that sex may have happened, like it's, it's so off the page. Um, and so that's, that's, that's one end. Um, and then after that you kind of go to what we call behind closed doors um, sex. So that's where the sex scenes happen off the page and the, the characters close the door and you, don't, you as the reader, you don't, you don't get to go in. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, you've kind of got the you've kind of got the sexy, the steamy books, um, and this is where my books fall in. Where you, as the reader, you get to be in the room, um, you get to be inside the characters' heads when when they have sex. And for those kind of books, it, it, usually in those books, um, even though the sex is is really important um, to kind of grow the characters and pull them together, there's usually a non-sex related plot. Um, so. You know, there's a mystery to solve, or there's some bad guys to kill, um, and and this this romance happens alongside that. Um, and then at the at, at the far end of the scale, you've got what we call erotic romance, or heading into erotica, which is where uh, the sex is really that's the, that's the plot, that's the catalyst. Um, it, it, it's the, kind of the way that the characters work out their conflicts. Um, J.A. Huss is a really good example of a fantastic erotic romance writer where all her books are, the, 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 conf, the core conflict of the book is centred around the sex, um, which is a, really, is a really fascinating concept. So that, that's kind of how I would define. You'd agree with that, so... Um, yeah, no, and I think I'm just adding to that, that um, I, I like that breakdown with sort of the different degrees or levels. Um, and, but I think hand in hand with 
the degrees or levels of intimacy that we're uh, that are represented on the page or that we're invited to join in with along that journey is that physical intimacy um, goes hand in hand with emotional intimacy and so I think that that's an important part of when we're talking about writing about sex that it is very much an emotional intimacy journey as well and you'll see that happening um, as well as you move you know whether it's um, you know take it all off by page five or, or page hundred <laughs> but there's also another journey that's taking place and that's the emotional closeness as well kind of um, comes into where we split the line as well between um, erotic, what's, what is erotica and what is erotic romance or, or an erotic book um, that yeah, isn't, isn't necessarily erotica. So, in, uh, so erotica contains sex, um, but that sex may have nothing whatsoever to do with the romantic relationship or any kind of intimacy, um, whereas in a romance that's erotic um, the, the sex is 100% is purely about building that intimacy between the couple or you know, escalating the conflict. It, you know, that, if you can take the sex scenes out of the book uh, and the romance doesn't work, um, then that's really when you know you, you're writing an erotic romance. It's when you know you've got it right. Or you take it out and there's nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we should probably say that because um, romance in itself in the genre, romance, um, the story has to be fundamentally about the couple. I mean, whether the couple is straight or gay or even human doesn't matter, um, <laughs> but they, uh, that, that is what the definition of a romance is, and it is about that emotional, potentially sexual journey, um, and they do get together at the end. Romances are expected to end happily, whereas I was writing Con, you know, contemporary women's fiction in the kind of romantic comedy, uh, and I could have a cast of characters, so it could be a bit more like a sitcom, um, and you would you could have multiple sexual liaisons going on, and you could have all that sort of stuff, um, but you wouldn't have that strictly in the romance genre. So it's a different a different genre on its own in its own right. But I think, um, you know, talking about romance, because that's actually what, I mean, when people read romantic fiction or, you know, sort of whether it's pure romance or fiction with romantic elements in it, um, that what you're talking about, the emotional intimacy of it, is really the um, kind of core of the whole story. Because, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, neuroscience to say that when we read fiction, we do actually go in there and we can have ex those experiences and they do, you know, sort of brain mapping and things like that that say that we can actually, you know, experience the emotions that are happening on a page. Um, and so a lot of people who want to read romance want to get right in there to sort of um, be there with the characters. And I think, so um, perhaps we should talk about, right, romance, um, how to sort of inject more romance into your stories and, and how do you guys think about it when you're, when you're thinking about the romantic storyline in a book? So I, when I am planning a romance, when I'm kind of plotting a book, um, the first thing I kind of, I usually start with the hero one because she's kind of, you know, she's where, where, we, where we all begin. Um, and I like this idea of, you know, who is the absolute last person on earth that she should be with, um, and that's usually the person I kind of pair her with. 
Um, so uh, one of the really neat things, because you don't want you don't want two people to meet and then they fall in love and then they, and then they have amazing sex and that's it, because that is a really boring book, um, like wonderful in real life but really boring in a book. Um, and you want to kind of build that that intimacy and you and, and that that tension and you know sexual tension and and the kind of relationship tension in the book is what you know keeps us reading because we want to find out you know will they won't they will they won't they um, you know how can these two people that you know almost seem like they shouldn't be together how are they going to end up together or these two people that the world is pulling apart how are they going to end up together um, when we kind of talk about sexual tension um, in a book, it's all about the push-pull. So what you're doing is you're you're pushing, you're sorry, you're pulling characters away from each other. Basically, the the external conflict in the book um, is is what's pulling them apart. You know, she's from this. You know, she's a werewolf, he's a vampire, the two are never supposed to, to get together. Um, this is the world I inhabit. <laughs> so, you know, you're pushing them apart because of these external conflicts or also because of their, in, their personal internal conflicts and their, their internal history. Um, so, you know, her parents were killed by a vampire. Um, and so when she's with him, she feels, you know, she, she, she feels attracted to him, but she's also feels as though she can never be with him because it's betraying her parents. Like, you know, there's this internal conflict that's pushing them apart as well. Um, and then you're pulling them back together because of their attraction to each other and because of the way they both um, work together to, to kind of fulfil each other. Um, so you, you've got that constant push and pull. And the interesting thing about when you have sex in a book, um, whether it's behind closed doors or not, is that sexual, is that an, an actual sexual encounter in a book, it doesn't increase the tension, it actually relieves it. So you've, mm -hmm. you've had this, well they won't, they will, they won't, they, and it's like this big sigh of relief when they do. Um, and in a book you don't really, you almost don't really want that, because that's kind of a really great place the reader can put down the book and go away and never pick it up again. So um, what you've got to try and do is find a way to you give them this relief through the sex scenes, but then you've got to build that tension back up again. And that's really, as a writer, it's really interesting figuring out how to do that. Yeah, no, I think definitely um, adding to, to what Steph said, it's, it's all about the conflict and that tension. And I mean, it's almost, you know, how much can I torture these characters? Um, to what degree can I put them through all these things? And um, what I'll do is, is I'll often chart up a diagram at the beginning with, um, I guess, little, you know, they say about first base, second base, third base, you know, I mean, and you could sort of, all right, by this, by this chapter, you know, then they'll do this, and, and then it will be this, but then there'll be the setback, and then they'll do this. And, um, yeah, constantly setting it up again, so they may finally, you know, get together and, and do fireworks, but then right after there's this emotional reveal and, and you know, I cannot be with you, forget you. Um, you know, and then it's like, oh, you know, back down again. It's like, right, well, how can we now build up again? So it's this constant down and then build up and down and build up until the final firework, the end. And, and you're, upping the, you're upping the emotional stakes all the time, aren't you, when you're writing those scenes? It's like every, everything builds emotionally as well as, you know, physically and everything else and you build up the conflict around them etc so everything sort of conspires to keep them apart as you say until 
that moment um, when we know they're finally going to get together. Can I just add, so I think that also coming from um, the, the background that I'm writing from and the audience that I'm writing for initially as well as the setting, because my novels, my romance novels are set in, in a Samoan context, uh, it does make for some interesting challenges because anyone who's familiar with Samoa and uh, Samoan culture, you'll know that couples, you don't hold hands. There is no public displays of affection, even if you're married. Um, and people don't date, and there's no dating. And so it makes for some really tough, okay? Because, yes, I'm writing fiction, but it has to be believable in this context. I can't. I'm not writing a novel about two tourists who come to Samoa and have wild sex on the beach. That's a different sort of story. I'm writing about a Samoan couple and how they're going to have this hot, wonderful love romance sex, but within the, the confines or, or within the context of the Samoan setting. And so that means that, for example, um, something as simple as when they're passing by each other in the kitchen and they're all having to get involved in, in making food for this big family gathering, uh, if, if your eyes meet, if your hands touch, and you know, you've just got that like, the, the fact that it's forbidden and they're remembering that the night before they were in the bushes doing whatever, um, and the aunties around you don't know this. And so for me, that added cultural context um, makes Romance and writing about sensuality, you know, it brings in this other element of how, how do you make it happen? Because that's why a lot of people like love writing historical romance because you don't have that openness. So mm. that's why there's a lot of dancing in <laughs> Pride and Prejudice, isn't there? <laughs> Touch that hand, you know. <laughs> but that's true. So, okay, I suppose we need to get down to it and um, ask what do you think makes a good sex scene? Okay. <laughs> so sex scenes come from the characters, um, and I really believe that the best, the best sex, you know, also, you know, in general, but the best sex <laughs> in a book, it reveals character, it deepens character, or it transforms your characters. Um, if, like I said before, if you can remove the sex scenes and the book still reads like a complete story, then I think you need to seriously rethink um, your sex scenes. Um, because like when I write a sex scene, it is, it is a pivotal point in the character's journey. Um, so it's when they, it's when they realise something, um, it's when their flaws become apparent, it, it, you know, it, it, they're absolutely critical to, to the journey, to the story. And I don't have, I mean, I, I probably have so I'm, a, you know, I'm quite a steamy writer, um, but I probably have, say, two and a half sex scenes maybe per book. Some of them are a little bit more, some of them are a little bit less. So sort of two full, full throttle kind of kind of things, and then one one that's sort of half because maybe it gets interrupted, or maybe it's just a little bit shorter because sometimes you just don't need to go through all the mechanics again and again and again. Um, so yeah, um, sex and intimacy—that they change the relationship. Um, so you know the way a couple are before they they had that sex for the first time, and then and then afterwards, or when they, they had it the second time, or w when they have sex and one of them says "I love you" but the other one can't say it yet. You know, completely changes the characters, changes the story. Uh, I, I want it to be when I write a sex scene that there is absolutely no going back 
you know, once you're in the bedroom or in the bushes, you know, there's no going back to the way things were before. Um, it peels away layers, it makes people more vulnerable, um, and when you have characters who've been trying to hide um, and who are afraid of being vulnerable, um, it's really amazing to start to reveal that um, through sex. When the, when the clothes come off, it can reveal a lot more than just skin. No, I was going to ask you. I mean, especially because I'm interested also in the, you know, the Samoan context of how you deal with the sex scenes, and also talk about how you deal with them in the, the YA. Like, what, what, what extent do you go to? I mean, I think so. From my, I chose with my YA because um, it it was set in a Samoan context, and we have Tomans and and, and different um, Pacifica characters. But um, so I was very mindful of that. But I also knew that there were certain things I wanted to have my characters talking about. Um, and it was, we have, um, there's some very strong stereotypes, I guess, across all cultures. And one of them that I wanted to take on was the, the, the idea that men have these uncontrollable sexual urges, whereas women are, you know, and girls, um, they, they don't want it, you know, as much. And, and it's their job to, to keep, you know, him from being too tempted. And so it was really important to me that in the YA novel, that it was her who was who wanted it and was I hate to use the word aggressor because that's not the right word, but it's, she was the one who was um, wanting more physically, yeah. and he was the one who was saying no, um, you know that's that's all my grandmother, you know it's not how my grandmother taught me, um, and very mindful of that, and also I wanted them to have conversations about contraceptives and to have, have those things happening just as normal because it's very abnormal in Samoa to have any of those kinds of conversations. Um, yeah, but I think really the, the opportunity was there, um, finding all those little moments like in high school, you know, little, um, little moments in the corridor or the back of the tennis court, those sorts of things. Finding ways to integrate it into the everyday uh, as the forbidden, but yeah, all leading somewhere. And as you say, each um, physical encounter or sexual encounter should um, take them forward, should progress um, the story as well. Not just, okay, I'm going to throw in some people in here. That's not how it works. It should, it should move the story forward. Because it's a really good opportunity for. Um like different kinds of dialogue you were saying about how the characters change. I mean, the, the, how they're going to speak to each other during a sex scene or after or for four or whatever. I mean, they're all three different kind of situations is, uh, is a really good way of revealing character. I mean, my three books that I did write sex scenes in were romantic comedy. So you do have the opportunity. It used to be sort of um, that when you were writing romances like Mills and Boone that they weren't allowed to be funny because that was supposed to kill the mood. But that's long since changed and, uh, and now, now you can actually make quite a lot of funny things happen in sex. So it is, if you um, would like to do that, you can. You can have some very funny sex scenes. And that idea about you know, sort of contraception and things like that, um, you very rarely find, unless they're different kind of humans or non-humans that have magic inbuilt contraception, um, <laughs> like they just vaporise it under the moonlight or something, I don't know what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
you you will not find a modern romance published um, in a you know by any reputable publisher and most romance writers that doesn't have safe sex in it. It's just not a thing. And I mean, um, you know, there are books out there that uh, you know have what we would call non-consensual sexual practices, but we don't. I mean, the, the very much the romance world at the moment is about giving women power, and so your your male and female characters, or both your your love characters, um, are of equal weight in the book and um, equal to each other. So, I mean, yeah, I mean. So when, yeah. when, when you ask, uh, we talk about what makes a good love scene or a yeah. good sex scene, um, I think language you know, really plays into it. And the thing is, is that we're all different. I mean, there are certain words that are real ugh for me. And so when I read those words um, being used in, in a sex scene, it's such a killjoy for me. Um, and so I don't use those words, but other people, you know, they can find them quiet. Is one, of them, is one of them moist? How yeah. did you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think moist is a lot of people's, like, uh, words. Yeah, it's such a funny thing, because so I, I don't even do anything for me one way or the other, really. But this one that's been coming up a lot in books I've been reading recently, I read a lot of um, self-published. It's one I've been reading recently, uh, a word that's come up a lot recently is, um, is pebbling. So, like, her nipples pebbled. Um, and I, I don't know why, but when I hear that, that is just horrific. Um, I think that's just, it's just awful. A lot of people find, um, so one thing that a lot of people say is not to use um, words like, not to use quite clinical words like penis, vagina, um, because they, yeah, they sound really clinical. Um, and uh, I would tend to agree, but in saying that, you know, all this thing like, it's something I get asked a lot, you know, what do I, what do I actually call all the bits? Um, and, you know, people, people are a little bit afraid to use, you know, quite colloquial words, so they tend to, they often go like, her flower, and, and stuff like that, which is just a hundred times worse. Um, like, just say, you know, just say it, just, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so, sort of generally speaking, you, you're probably not going to want to be saying his penis, um, because it just sounds a little bit clinical and like you've never seen a penis before. Um, but in saying that, if it comes, it's got to come from the characters, you know, what were the characters used? So, you know, um, look, I have a character uh, in my recent series who she's a bit of a science nerd, um, and so she often uses very clinical words. Um, and it's quite funny because one of her partners, you know, makes a joke about it, you know, using the, the words. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing and it's a great moment between the two of them. Um, and so for her, it's a, it's a perfect word in, in context. Um, and, yeah there, are, there are, yeah, there are a lot of words that people have. You know, it's a bit of a, a trigger, but you just got to go with, go with what the characters would say. The centre of her pleasure. That's oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, ch channel is a, another one. A I channel? Think. Channel. And it's just, no. Just, no. So what do we use? Well, I think, too, we also have to remember that we don't actually have to be super specific every single time. You know, I mean, like, when we're talking, I mean, yes, I think, um, I, I'm not a fan of using penis and vagina, just because it does sound like the doctor. Um, but I'm also not a fan of using a really way out there um, nicknames, yeah. you know, and in terms of the, the love palace and the love spot and, and you know, the whatever. Um, 
you know, I, I'm more straightforward. I think you can say I'm perfectly fine with saying cock. I'm perfectly fine with saying those sorts of words. But I don't think we need to use them on every single page every time they're getting it on. Um, and so I think that there are some sex scenes where you can describe the action but not have to go, and then his hand went here, and then her breast went there, and then her other hand went there. Like, th then it just becomes... Well, you, you can know? end up with three hands sometimes yes, as right? well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do not need a detailed, you know, what, uh, like a drawer color by numbers, like this, this and that. It doesn't need to be that technical. Um, and so I think that we don't need to worry all the time about being super, super specific um, because I want, I want the mood and I want the feeling. I don't necessarily need to know his his cock penetrated exactly three centimeters and then did this and that. Uh, it's, I don't think that's necessary. Uh, what Lanny's saying is actually quite interesting. Um, when uh, there's, an, there's an interesting thing that happens, and I'm going to make a big generalization here, um, but often when men write sex scenes, tends to get a bit, a bit like this, a bit mechanical, and like they're, they're very interested in um, being exact. So, you know, the woman will walk in the room and she'll have platinum blonde hair and she'll have size 36, you know, she, she will um, you know, look in the mirror and notice her size 36 double D breasts and very, yeah, very specific details like that, which is actually not sexy. Um, at all, and not a thing that women, you know, look in the mirror and go, "Oh, look, my size 32D breasts are looking particularly perky today." <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a kind of a, a thing to to be really aware of. Um, it, it, it's really more about the feeling, and um, you know, it's that it's that hand on the back, and um, it, it's the the look in the eyes and the feeling of the lips, and you know, more than much more than it is the yeah, the, this is where I am, and this is where my arm is, and yeah, like that, yeah. Well, it's what you said before, it's, it's the what's going on for the characters, isn't it? So it's their experience, you've got to be, if that's any specificity is in the experience, in the emotional experience of that particular moment, um, because as you said, that they, they've got, they're undergoing some sort of transformation, whether it's in their lives themselves or their relationship, so that has got to be evoked in that scene, doesn't it, in some way? And especially if we have to be feel very much that they are not going to go back from where they were. That's that's the core part of it, not you know levels of penetration, isn't it? Really, yeah. I was going to ask a question about because um, I was just basically um, anticipating your questions about where we get inspiration for writing. Do we just have really filthy minds, or uh, are there resources out there which you can go to? I mean, where do you get your inspiration for writing this stuff? Well, I think a, a, a really useful, helpful place for research is Tumblr. And, you know, I mean, Tumblr has lots of lovely images and some interesting hashtags. And so, yes, you can um, check out Tumblr for all kinds of really interesting things. Um, also, I think that it's about thinking about um, every, 
every possible sexual experience that maybe you ever possibly thought of um, or you know a fantasy that you ever had or a thought that ever crossed your mind but you knew that you weren't ever heck no I'm never gonna do that but you know here's an opportunity to explore it um, through through a novel or through a story um, I remember and then other people can be um, resource resources for us as well uh, I remember I mean asking my husband, um, right, you know, uh, this couple are going to be having sex in the bushes, and so I need some, I need to be able to speak from some practical experience. And he was like, what are you asking me for? I was like, well, <laughs> I know that, you know, that has happened to you a long time ago before you met me. And um, he was like, I'm not going to sit here and talk about this. And I was like, well, it's just that I want to know about it. And he was like, well, he was like, well, we could try having sex in the bushes. And I was like, oh, hell no, that's so uncomfortable. <laughs> so, you know, just, just cast your mind back and tell me what it was like so I can remember and, and write about it. But yeah, I think that there's lots of different places that we can get inspiration. And keeping in mind as well that a lot of, I mean, this is, this is fiction and a lot of these things I would never, you know, do them in real life. Um, but this is a chance to explore all sorts of things. Because the joy of sex has been reissued and they've redone the illustrations so the dude doesn't have a beard anymore, which is very <laughs> 70s. But yeah, yeah, not that I have anything against beards, but yeah, that was, it's, there's a new version. It's just interesting because beards are really making a comeback these oh, days. Oh, they totally are. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, it's almost, it's almost a little bit too late for a, a non-beard version. Um, <laughs> I guess um, when I think about inspiration, the thing is, it's one of those weird questions that people ask writers all the time and it kind of stops us in our tracks because it's, it's like asking the mystery writer where they get the inspiration from, for their murders. Um, you know, it, um, I have a lot of really weird friends um, and I kind of just listen to them gossip a lot and a lot of that stuff ends up in books like I always say to people you know I always say to people you just got to be aware that you know anything you say in front of me could end up in a book somewhere um, uh, I mean yeah mostly though it just comes from your imagination you know as writers that's kind of our job that's that's what we do yeah and it comes from the characters as well. Exactly. There are things that they would do and wouldn't do in certain situations, so that's what makes it not one size fits all. Uh, so my husband is my beta reader, um, which is a little bit mortifying. Um, <laughs> actually, um, especially, uh, so the, the last series I wrote is what we, what's called a reverse harem, which is one woman and several men. Um, so it's like a harem, it's a harem reverse. Um, and um, that, that was very interesting having him read that. Um, and he came to me one day and he's like, I found a problem. And I said, what's the problem? And I said, well, she's got, she's got this guy's cock in this bit. And in the next bit, she's got this other guy's cock. And there's actually no transition between the two things. And I'm like, oh, he's right. And, <laughs> and he loves to tell the story. Um, about how about this is his this is his job now is to just is to just figure out where all the where, where the all, yeah, where all the yeah, cocks right, go. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, so yes, I do. Yeah, so yeah, I do have have a man read over the, the sex scenes, but mostly they just notice annoying details like that. Uh, <laughs> do you get a bloke too? Um, not just my husband. Yeah. yeah. 
and, and I, I think that that's really helpful. But I think, it, like what you were saying, um, it, it's kind of irrelevant uh, what a man reader thinks of the sex scenes because, um, you know, I mean, I'm writing them and I think they're hot and the characters are having a good time. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't... I think that's an interesting question, especially, like, as if you, you point out that you could have lots of male readers uh, for your genre that you're writing in. Um, and I think it comes down to too, like, do are, are we making some assumptions? Do men experience sexual pleasure differently? You know, I mean, the way that men would like to describe it, um, is it different from how a woman would like it described? I don't know, uh, because I don't think there is any one fits all either. I mean, most of romantic fiction is written by women for women, um, so. I mean, not that, you know, there are mm. definitely guys who write it as well and read it, but I think, but again, it comes down to, we talk about the, it's not so much about the mechanics, it's about the experience, and I think we're all human and we're all having the same experience from that kind of encounter, so let's just hope that that is true, and mm. men aren't actually, I don't know, reciting motorcycle parts in their head or something, I don't know, you know. I'm old school when it comes to YA, so... People aren't actually having sex in my YA novels. Um, there's kissing, there's you know, other kinds of, of, oh, you know, that sort of stuff. But it actually isn't until the last book when, spoiler alert, people actually get married and then, you know, it's a fade to black or it's a fade to fireworks. Um, but, and I mean, I think that's a deliberate choice for me, writing as a mom, <laughs> um, because I would prefer that there aren't any super in-depth sex scenes in the young adult books that my children are reading. But having said that, I'm remembering that when I was a teenager, because there was no sex in the YA, well, there weren't really any YA books, were there? Um, so then what we ended up reading is adult novels. I mean, like Lace and, and all sorts of, you know, um, Jackie Collins and that sort of stuff. And really it would have been much more helpful for me as a teenager to be reading a YA novel where teenagers are navigating those kinds of situations and those kinds of decisions um, you know and modeling things that I would want and hope for my teenagers to to do um, so yeah I, I don't have no librarian has said to me about not stocking um, Telesa but it's I think because nobody's actually having full-on sex um, in those those novels but having said that I yeah the issue of whether YA novels would be okay to have sex in them is is one I'm conflicted over I think I was talking to Marianne Scott and she said her first two books which do have sex or you know teenage pregnancy and things were um, not as popular in schools as her latest one which is about pig hunting <laughs> so there you go <laughs> Have you written, do you write queer love scenes at all? No. Uh, I've got, I've got, um, so in, so in Reverse Harem, you have one woman and you have several, several men, um, and some of the books there will be no contact between, between the men, so it's just about, the, it's just all about the woman and her pleasure, and in some books, some of the men will also be together, so the series I wrote recently, I had two men together, um, and that was a, that was a first for me, um, and it was it was really interesting as well because one of them was a, HIV positive, 
Um, and so I had to do a lot of research around that to make sure I really got the, the details right and, and that it was 100% it was safe and that I was promoting a really positive message about that. Um, I guess as writers, our Google search history is always going to be really strange. Yeah. Um, and it, to be honest, it's never something I've really worried about that much. I, I kind of think there's just, maybe there's just enough to worry about in the world anyway. I, I don't tend to worry too much about if the, if the FBI is coming after me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I do enough research until I feel as though I can yeah, do justice do justice to a scene, um, and if I am concerned about something, so for example, this the relationship between these two guys, I will usually find a, a, a sensitivity reader um, to just read over those particular scenes and just give me the give me the thumbs up. Yeah, I think you've got this, this pretty much right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was, that was what Bran was talking about in his um, character workshop today, was having somebody have a look at it, potentially, if, you're, if this is something like a culture or whatever that you're not familiar with yourself, then you can get somebody to read it. But I think also, like, the library is just a fantastic source of books. I mean, like, Peter Ackroyd, who wrote a fantastic book called Queer London, which is about all the practices that have happened over, you know, since London was founded and whenever, and um, and that's just fascinating. I mean, you, you take that and have to go down all the rabbit holes of other bits of research, but I mean, there are great books out there from reputable sources, which is, I think, what you're saying, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you for getting hot and bothered with us, and go and write steamy scenes. Thanks to Steph and to Lani. New Zealand Society of Authors, Tipune Kaituhi o Aotearoa, Pen NZ Incorporated, is the principal organisation representing writers in New Zealand. We want to continue to provide opportunities for you to grow in your professional development. That's why we've started NZSA Web Workshops. Visit our website, authors.org.nz, to find out about these opportunities. Experienced writers and teachers will lead them. We hope that they help you to grow as a writer and face whatever tomorrow brings. Our website again is authors.org.nz.